This is an ABC podcast. In the 1690s, the small German city of Ulm was plagued with a mysterious outbreak. The citizens were suffering from nausea, severe stomach cramps, paralysis, blindness, madness, and even death. Investigating the cause, royal physician Eberhard Gockel was dumbfounded. The symptoms didn't spread like a disease, they weren't born from contact with a victim, and they didn't seem to affect as many children as was standard in these types of events, what with kids being all weak and vulnerable and ripe for the picking. Gokul began visiting a small monastery on the outskirts of the city, where a handful of monks had also taken ill. The monks who weren't afflicted were considered by the locals closer to God, which must have been a hard blow for the monks who were sick. Way to kick a dog when it's down. As Gokul observed the monks, he noticed that he too began to suffer symptoms. Stomach cramps, nausea. He looked to what he'd been doing differently since his visits to the monastery began. He found that he'd partaken in their hospitality. Maybe a little too much. Picking up the near-fatal habit of drinking their wine. You're listening to Little Tiny. Stories about the small things that have changed the world. I'm Kara Schlegel, and this is The Wine. Us human beings have a long history of destroying ourselves through innovation. Take the ancient Romans, for example, who built elaborate aqueducts in their cities, piping fresh water into the homes of people who could afford the skyrocketing housing prices of the Roman Empire. It remains one of the most advanced technological feats humankind has ever contributed to civilization, and they had to go and ruin it by making their pipes out of lead. You might guess that this was because they were ignorant about lead's toxic nature. You'd be wrong. An engineer for Augustus wrote that water was more wholesome from earthenware pipes than from leaden ones, really downplaying the fact that drinking from lead pipes can send you into a long, agonizing and remarkably gruesome death. The truth is lead was cheap, pliable and easy to come by. Some affluent cities had pipes made of ceramic or stone, but these piping networks were often still connected to lead pipes, so eventually the toxic water weaved its way up into the gullets of the elite class. Let's call it the trickle-up effect. Many historians hypothesise that lead poisoning was a contributing factor to the fall of Rome. It certainly, at the very least, made a lot of people in power extremely sick. Eberhard Gockel isn't a very historically significant character, nor was he the most promising physician. His body of work includes a book about a rooster who laid eggs and another titled Cures for Werewolf Attacks. In fact, 
getting drunk on wine with a bunch of monks is about the only important thing he ever did. Well, I guess the significant part was that he realised his violent sickness wasn't just a really nasty hangover. Or, I guess, a werewolf bite. He observed that it wasn't the wine that made him sick, but a white oxide of lead called litharge, often used as a sweetener to rejuvenate soured wine. God wasn't punishing the monks. A poor vintage was. This wine was distributed throughout Ulm, a city which relied heavily on its wine exports to keep its economy alive. When Gockel brought his findings to the man in charge, Duke Ludwig, the Duke had a choice to make. Either regulate the wine industry to prevent word spreading that Ulm's wine was making people sick, or let his city die. In 1696, the Duke issued a decree. No wine was to be tainted with lead, or these so-called wine adulterers would be put to death. After thousands of years of sickness and mental illness caused by lead poisoning, this was the first ever law banning its use. Wine adulteration using litharge was practiced as early as ancient Greece. The Romans were especially into it, as if drinking lead in their water wasn't enough. During the Renaissance, the German city of Ulm sat at the heart of this innovation. But after Duke Ludwig threatened these adulterers with death, they didn't shut their industry down, they just got the hell out of town. The practice caused outbreaks across Europe of what physicians called colic pictonum, Some historians speculate that it's what drove King George III to madness and what killed famed Austrian composer Ludwig von Beethoven. Eventually, the city of Ulm's wine adulteration law became a model for lawmakers across Europe, banning lead use in wine in a number of countries. A black market trade in adulterated wine was born a trade that continued to plague the liquor industry up until the late 20th century. Yes, you heard that right. The 20th century. Gockel's discovery about the monk's wine and the law it inspired presented a first step. It was proof that government regulation over lead use can save lives. But the change it may have inspired is certainly slow-moving, I'm talking glacial speeds. Lead's poor reputation did not follow it the way physicians in Gockel's time might have hoped. The egregious use of lead in fuel, paints, manufacturing, and even children's toys throughout the 20th century is testament to that. Even in 2015, in the small American town of Flint, Michigan, an entire population fell victim to a health crisis after a new water system corroded their lead pipes. It's making us sick. I got a granddaughter that comes in every other week with my son. She's getting stomach problems or whatever. I can't take that. We're still fighting this fight. In 1786, Benjamin Franklin wrote a letter about lead use in liquor distilleries. He said... You'll observe with concern how long a useful truth may be known and exist before it is generally received and practised on. It's 
something to think about, I guess. Maybe after a few glasses of red. Little Tiny is written and presented by me, Kara Schlegel. Produced by Bryce Halliday. Our history consultant is Zoe Tan. And Joel Werner is our executive producer. You can email us at littletiny at abc.net.au with questions, corrections, and ideas for future episodes. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.